Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. At Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Fallon says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. This is Dum Dum the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the village Christmas lights that is Royfield Brown and with me I have the blown bulb that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Christmas switch on folks is you. Today's Dum Dum is a jazz riff. Is it jazz? I don't know what the hell it is. I think it no. is it no, it was more of a kind of 80s vibe, wasn't it? It's more of an 80s new romantic vibe. That's what I thought. Oh, I don't know. You're the music one. Wait a minute. We're not doing zab, zab, doo, 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 doo. We're no, not doing that one. That was curly. Jazz is not no. all jazz Louis Armstrong. No. Well, well no. We, we violently disagree as to the musical providence of this one then, Lucy. I think this is more 80s. All right, then. Great. Like, I see this person having a bit of a wedge and a flick. You know, kind of filoki <laughs> style. But anyway, you listener, why don't you... Sounds like he needs to go to A&E if he's having a wet in a flick. <laughs> why don't you, good listener, why don't you tweet us or email us and tell us what kind of musical genre you think that intro was. But anyway, James Wilkinson, we applaud you and it was good, sir. Not only good, it was funny. So well done. Bravo to you. But Lucy. Yes. If somebody else is suitably musically inclined and wants to give us a dum-de-dum, how can they win the accolade of dum-de-dumer of the week? Uh, if you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum, give us a plot prediction or let a pension asleep on your sofa. Ring us on 0203 <laughs> or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to lovely Shambridge for her amazing voices, to Cosmo, as always, for his podcast roundups. And to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thanks also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. He organised the turning on of the Christmas lights around the green. But uh, he thought it'd be environmentally friendly. And he switched them all to eco bulbs. So they should light up about February. They do take a little bit of a time for it to warm up, don't they? <laughs> Just the a little bit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, on this week's show. Oh, God. Is speak pipe now working too well? Too many calls, folks. Too many calls. <laughs> Robbing winning. 
who uh, cooks a lovely meal. If you ever find yourself in the North Bay, the the, uh, the Bay Area, folks, I recommend uh, you tweet Robin Winning and say you're coming round, because that's what I did. What a lovely woman, her and Jeff. But anyway, uh, Robin Winning, who says that root B is poisonous. Michelle Lefert, who wants to know why Rob is getting everything he wants. Evra Zephyr, who's found the moral message. Jacqueline Bordeaux, who thinks that Helen might start fighting back. Yokel Bear, who's sulking. Vicky Cole, who's heartbroken. Witherspoon, who's turned into Eliza Doolittle. And Cosmo, who's flooded India. But first, before the caller in before I try and weave in an anecdote about biscuits and history, here's Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge, folks. started the week pleasingly with David being kneed in the nuts by a bullock who Ruth had slipped a fiver to before she left. <laughs> He's fighting his mother and his daughter off from trying to give him bed baths. He's going to be in plaster for two months. He's very worried about what will happen to the farm. I don't know why. Lillian ran a very successful business despite being plastered pretty much all the time. Hmm. Uh, Joe had to find his birth certificate to prove he's 94, you know. The cowman that they offered the job to before Pip left her job after half an hour is still free and able to start work tomorrow. So he sounds highly sought after. Anyway, um, he arrived. He's five and a half by the sound of it, but he should be able to fit the milking in between his afternoon nap and in the night garden. He said he always (laughs) wanted to work with cows, so he'll fit right in with Jill and Pip. (laughs) <laughs> then we had a bit of cringe making horseplay between the fair brethren. Honestly, I have never ever known brothers who talk to each other in this joshing weird way that the fair brethren do. The brothers I know in their early 20s just say, what dickhead, to each other. And that's about the extent of it. (laughs) These two behave like the kind of male friends in Shakespearean comedies. What ho, brother mine, I shall befuddle you by throwing this lump of goose shit in thine eyes. Um, Brian sided with Rex and Toby in taking the piss out of Adam. Brian understands the fair brethren and seems to have completely forgotten the rattlebag incident. They're proper men, decent chaps, eye for the ladies, bit of rugby, none of this eco-nonsense past the port. Bah. Anyway, <laughs> Adam didn't care. He was off for Soil Fertility Day. I hope you all got your happy Soil Fertility Day cards from me. I was a bit late sending them out. Um, and I've left the bunting up too. It's terrible. Anyway, as I'm sure you all know, soil enthusiasts dress up as bags of compost and dance about waving fertiliser sacks. Uh, There are rides, obviously, uh, and competitions. Guess the weight of the soil and spin the soil. It's great. I can't believe you didn't go. Uh, Kate has had planning permission for a yurt and a big trench with some Dalesford organic buckets that are going to function as the bulks. So that was exciting and conveniently didn't involve her speaking at all. Uh, Titchy Knob booked Helen in for an entirely unnecessary scan. It wasn't really a scan. It was at a private clinic and it was to have her obedience chip implanted and upgraded. So she now loses the ability to drive or do anything except say, whatever you think, Rob, you're worth it, darling. And anyway, it's not even my money. So who cares? And the poor little sod is a boy. Anyway, more of that later as I'm getting cheesed off with it. Um, Harassment was being his usual chirpy self on stage for the rehearsal of Calendar Girls. There was some amusingness about buns, etc. I get a bit uncomfortable when the archers does double entendres on purpose that is our job it is like when the aunt who always take the mickey out of suddenly starts impersonating herself but chris got mentioned he's finally figured out how to get himself down from the crisscross right foot left hand chris you'll get there lad and he will be a stage hand so that's nice 
That's mm. one back from the dead anyway. Um, talking of being near death, Joe has been sent to what appears to be a crack den in Walford rather than <laughs> a bed in an old people's home, which I am sure is what they would actually do with an unwell 94-year-old man over Christmas. So I am presuming that Ed Grundy in his regular chats with Oliver has not mentioned that his entire family are homeless while their original home lies empty and in need of protection. Add that to the cross list, please, because I will be coming back to that too. Uh, did we all enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch's appearance as Father Christmas at the Bull opening? They kept that very quiet, didn't they? Well, I thought it was a great sport anyway. And the shop reopened too. We've got to stock what people want, said Susan. This is true. Unlike the Bridge Farm shop, which will only stock gluten-free gluten and some breakfast <laughs> cereal that tastes like doormats. And the best bit of the week... Well, that was obvious. The Christmas season is officially upon us. And how do we know? No, not because it is the switching on of the lights that ensures Ambridge can be seen from space, nor is it stir up Sunday or sod off Saturday, nor mm -hmm. is it Clary plucking some of the turkeys. It is the return of Christmas Linda. Christmas Linda is completely different to mildly irritating everyday Linda. Christmas Linda is selfish, rude and pompous. She is shouting at everyone, has taken over Lower Loxley and was caught nicking bits from the Lower Loxley tableau, which featured Roy naked, supported by Titcombe, holding mm -hmm. the Lower Loxley coat of arms, which is two tent pegs rampant and the motto, <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> the end. You made some stuff up there, didn't you? I did make some stuff up. Yeah. What should be on the lower Loxley coat of arms? Gorilla suit. What else? <laughs> a tree, an oak tree, because old Nige was obsessed with his trees, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, yeah, a gorilla, someone in a gorilla suit hiding up an oak tree. Mm. A rampant gorilla. Yes. Or it would be a sinister gorilla. Yes. Mm. No, not sinister. No, sinister as in the Latin being on oh. the left. Ooh. Come on, Lucy, keep up. Sorry. Yes, I was thinking, I didn't think Nigel was anything. I couldn't think of anyone less sinister than Nigel. <laughs> Bless him. Very true, very true. Um, Can I do my crossness now about what I was going to come back to with my oh, crossness? Yeah, go on. Am I going to have to like sit down, get myself a cup of coffee while yeah. you just go... Race right. yourself. Okay. I am. This is Lucy Freeman, rampant and sinister. Um, I have now found that I have hardened my heart completely against Helen and Rob, and it doesn't affect me anymore. I reached a point Gosh. where I was, I am rubbish at watching horror films. I don't, I, and when I say horror films, I don't mean horror films like, you know, uh, Halloween or Saw or any of those awful ones. I never, I've never watched anything like that. I just, I couldn't and I, I do not see the point at all. But even I find anything, I'm very, very susceptible to anything frightening. And what I do when I start to feel that my emotions are being manipulated in any way, it was how I used to make myself stop crying in Lassie. Um, <laughs> Shut your face. Is to I, I just Sorry. try and imagine the camera crew and everybody all around. I try and imagine past what's happening on the screen and I try and imagine the cameraman, the director, the sound man, the boom just out of shot and all that because I find it kind of, it takes, I hate being manipulated so much. It kind of takes away from the, um, uh, it, it's like putting the fourth wall back sort of thing. I, you know, I, I, uh, it, it, it helps put it at a remote distance where I feel untouched by it. And I am now doing this with Helen and Rob, even though I didn't do it deliberately. It's just happened. 
because it's now gone on for so long. It's being dragged out. It's getting faintly ludicrous, all this my son, the precious business. And I hate it so much. I've just dis I've just pulled the plug out. I've just disassociated from it completely. Mm. And uh, someone else, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was, said roughly that on the Twitters. I can't on 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 um, Speakpipe. I can't remember who it was, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think they've peaked and gone too far over the other side now. Mm. I'm inclined to agree for all the reasons that I said um, in, in the yeah. pre- preceding weeks. It's just that it. You know, I, I jokingly tweeted this week or last week that um, I was chatting to somebody um, about uh, the character of Rob Titchener and said he was more evil than Stalin. And and then kind of, re- and obviously that was somewhat said in jest, but it's because of the absolute detail in the writing. And then as you've just pointed out, there are massive, everything else, every other storyline is somewhat kind of glossed over is just somewhat just written in kind of like broad brush strokes, whereas this is just so incredibly detailed and it is turgid. Uh, so yeah. whether it is um, everything that's somewhat kind of innocuous that um, Rob is involved in, and I have to mention yesterday's episode uh, here, those, so there was a touch rugby, and then there's a passing reference to the fact that Rob played it really seriously. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, this isn't, you know... W- we it, get it. You yes. feel like just saying, we get it yes, now. Yes, and there are a plethora. There must be some 30-odd other characters that are just completely and utterly underserved by this. Mm. And and you rightly, in your monologue, talked about the fair brethren. And I know the vast majority of us listeners are still somewhat kind of on the fence. And it seems like there's going to be some kind of love triangle now, isn't it, with this Matthew yeah. uh, Matthew boy that's just wandered in, you know, to yeah. milk the cows, whatever the heck he's doing. But if you look at the uncomfortable, as you said in your monologue, uncomfortable dialogue mm. that goes on between them, and I suppose, because the scriptwriters do know what they're doing, they can write dialogue. That is, you know, self-evidently uh, put in front of us in terms of the Rob and Helen thing, with every which is just dripping with every line is dripping with nuance, yeah. but it's because of the detailed, nuanced nature of that that you look at these pair of bumbling buffoons, and it just <laughs> feels like Pinky and Perky, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, It's like we've got Dostoevsky with yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob and Helen, yeah. and then we've got Pipkins with these yeah. pair of. <laughs> You know, and uh, just, yeah. Oh, sorry, for our American listeners, let's say Sesame Street. Sesame Street, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I I don't necessarily want to get to know the Fair Brethren too much better. Mm. But I wish, I just, yeah, I said this before, I just want the whole thing just to be a little bit more balanced. So, Luce, I understand where you're coming from. And... Also on the on the, the blah, 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 I'm so cross I can't even speak on the topic of being emotionally manipulated and wrung out mm. putting a 94 year old man oh for fu- of course somebody would find Joe a bed of course mm. what about the vicar what about you know Ed and um Ed and uh, but, blah, 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 sorry, Eddie and Clary would. He, of course, he's better off sleeping on a sofa than he is sleeping in some freaking hostel for crying out loud. Mm. Um, of course, 
uh, he would register, that he could register well, at the hostel, uh, had uh, to for social services, and then come back. I just care. hope, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh. I just hope that this isn't some kind of hackneyed, you know, December Christmas 24th. Yeah, Oh, come on. This is, of You can't have this gaslighting storyline and with all the nuance, pathos, light and shade, yada, yeah. Well, it's not, there's no light, just darkness, darkness, and more darkness. And then have this ridiculously soapy, tropey, no, oh, you know, and then there'll be a star over Ambridge. Because I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I'm doing the hand at the yeah. moment. I'm sorry, but that is how thick they think we are. No, no, no. I don't. Can you th- show no, me any evidence I, mm. that they think that the listeners between us have got more than five brain cells? Because at the moment, I can't. No, Lucy, you can't say that. I, you can't say that. And here's the reason why: because. Uh, we know that the character of Rob Titchener didn't come in to Ambry to be a misogynist. He didn't. He just, he just came in and he was just, you know, I suppose he's just going to knock about and just going to see where, where he went with this, you know, where they went with it. However, um, his, um, his misogyny was slowly revealed and it took, it took time, let's say, for all of the listeners to realise. So much so that there was a Rob Titchener Appreciation Society mm. on on the Book of Face for a time. Cool, but they shut down quick. <laughs> well, they, they've shut down now. <laughs> you know, you know, they just thought it was this poor, slightly misunderstood, you know, kind yeah. of bachelor, etc. You know, with an estranged wife. Um, so, so no, I think. I, <laughs> I'm just repeating. I don't know what more to say about this other than you're, you've switched yourself off to it. But uh, so many other listeners are just incredibly uncomfortable. No, but I'm talking it. about Joe now. Oh. We're talking about Joe Grundy, aren't we? Mm. Yes. yes. Okay. You've that gone was back it. In I've gone back. Sorry. Yeah. I got in my TARDIS, didn't but... I? <laughs> <laughs> but... but I just. I think that is exactly what they're going to do. I think this is going to be some mawkish, mm. let's all move back to Grange Farm. Eddie, I can't believe we're back where we belong in Grange Farm. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. dum de dum de dum de dum At which point I will smash my radio against the wall. <sighs> um, mm. Yes, I think that's exactly where we're heading, depressingly. Because they think we're 10. No. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm in... I, in fate, oh, I have faith in in the script writers here I, I admit it doesn't make any sense on the face of it but it cannot be so many this is the most signposted don't, don't make sense on the face of it let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> i think if we start pulling on that thread the old bloody show will unravel <laughs> uncle god kerry don't let me down you know there's there's another element to boyfield's this. reputation kerry mm, oh god no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's irredeemable. Oh, that's uh, yes, just, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Luce. Yes. Why don't we uh, nip over to our t- telephone exchange and uh, hear what uh, the good listeners of, dum- of the Dumpty Dum universe? Oh, it is a universe. I tell you what, right? We, we're, we're now on Acast, which is this new hosting service for the oh, podcast, yeah, yeah. right? And I can see exactly. Is that exa- again? Yeah. Right. 
He times it well, doesn't he? <laughs> time. The time is still at it. Yeah. He just watches for me to go into the bedroom and to record <laughs> Dundee Dum because normally we do it earlier than this, don't we? Um, on iCast, I can actually see which countries of the world listen to Dum Dum. Which yeah. do. So we have got two listeners in China. Really? Yep. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Must have Reveal thyself, listeners in China. Uh, China, Vietnam, um, obviously the Kenya came up. Um, where, My friend Ben in Singapore, he listens. Yes, yeah, yeah no, no, no. Yeah, Singapore came up. Uh, there was somewhere weird and wonderful as well, somewhere like Kazakhstan that came up. There's one uh, listener in Kazakhstan way. each week. <gasps> mm. Oh, that's maybe go a goose pimple. Yeah. Kazakhstan. I've always wanted to say hello, Kazakhstan. Yeah. London calling. London calling to <laughs> Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah, it's properly global. Anyway, uh, so um, on that note, why don't we go and see what the great Dum Dum listeners all around planet Earth have got to say? Who's first, Lucy? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Well, mm. uh, Robin winning is first. Oh, love a bit of Robin. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. This is Wine Country Robin in uh, beautiful Northern California. I'll Anthony Rosa on the Twitters. The last time I called was probably over a year ago. So this is my once a year uh, color innerer moment. I have a theory I would like to share with you all. I'm a paralegal and contracts uh, analyst, and I would like to give you my fruit of the poisonous tree theory of the archers. In the U.S., we have a legal theory called the fruit of the poisonous tree, which is that evidence that was obtained illegally is not admissible in court. The idea being that uh, it's tainted because of the way in which it was acquired and therefore no good can come of it. Similarly, in the archers, there is a poisonous tree and that tree is root B. Every single storyline that has stemmed from root B is like the fruit of the poisonous tree. They've all been, uh, as my English friends would say, absolutely pants. The sale of Brookfield, Ruth's mother's illness and Ruth's handling of that, Ruth's mother's death and Ruth's handling of that, the subsequent uh, introduction of Pip as a fully formed adult farmer, Jill being kicked out of the house, Kenton's little snit about not becoming a millionaire. Those were all terrible stories. In the meantime, the rest of the Archer's clans are, are doing well. I enjoy the Robin Helen story. I'm enjoying Calendar Girls, uh, the things going on with the Grundies, Charlie and Adam, Kirsty coming back. All the th- storylines that have nothing to do with Root B or did not stem from Root B have been great. So I think what the script writers need to do is to come up with some new storylines for the David and Ruth side of the Archer's family tree. I'd be interested to hear what you all think about that. I'll call back in about a year. Uh, She says, in her role as paralegal, well Mm. done, Robin Winning. This is her annual call, she says. Um, She says, Root B is the poisonous tree, i.e. Root B is the storyline from which all other shite storylines emerge. (laughs) So every storyline that has come off Root B has been a pile of pants. Mm. Uh, Sailor Brookfield, 
Uh, are they going? Are they staying? Me mother dying. Um, Ruth and David falling out. Uh, Pip suddenly becoming a languid divorcee. Uh, no more, you know, she's saying, I, I agree, no more Ruby storyline. Stop them all because that's where it's all been going wrong. What the hell has happened to Ruby? Should they not be building it now? I'm struggling to remember <laughs> or care. In fact, well, really, that's what it is. I don't, I don't really care because we always, always knew it was never going to happen. And you know, when was the bypass actually built? That was kind of late eighties, wasn't it? Late eighties, early nineties, yes. the bypass. All right. So it was deja vu all over again. But <laughs> I think that hmm. There was some, so there was all the flooding and then there was the ramifications of that in Route B. And then it's just kind of walked away. Then Linda did the, that was it, Jim, Jimus. What, did, what the hell did Jimus find? Remember, Jimus found something and then was going to uh, take uh, it to the yeah, council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yes. yes. But I, what I did think was uh, rather genius about this call was to kind of treat the whole kind of Route B thing as a family tree. And the spoke, oh, well, I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors now, but the branches that kind of come off, came off it in terms of, you know, related storylines that were affected by, by Route B. So, Robin, I applaud you for that, yeah. which is another reason for saying how unbalanced this whole show is in the fact that this one storyline has crowded out everything else. Yeah. Yep. Mm. <sighs> what else did um... Robin say? What? What else did you say? No, that was it, really. She was talking really? about, yeah, paralegal. Root B is the poisonous tree. Uh, Evra Zephyr. Um, she says the moral message of Ambridge is that everybody should tell everybody everything. Well, as it's radio, it kind of depends on that, really. <laughs> it would be a pretty Shapur show on the radio if nobody told anybody anything. But I know what you mean. It's... Uh, the whole thing plays on secrets, doesn't it? Mm. Well, it's secrets and lies, but that's what all soap opera depends on, really. Well, it? yeah, it goes with the genre, doesn't it? it? Really does. But it's if you get put on the arches, you get punished for not, for not telling people things because things come out anyway and bite you on the ass, and uh, that's kind of what's going to happen with Adam. It's you know, uh, it's happened with Brian Aldridge. It's um, you know, st like. Uh, the whole thing about Ruth and David is 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 him not telling her things. It's you get punished if you don't tell people exactly what is on your mind in in the Archers, mm. and that's the the moral the moral thing. Just tell everybody everything constantly. Don't ring them up. Go round to their house and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Michelle from Rhode Island here. I'm just amazed that the scriptwriters are letting Rob get everything he wants. Now he has his son, and it's so amazing because in stories, we want the bad guy to get punished, and we want the good guy to be saved, and Joe is having to live in a hostel. This might be a great preparation for a wonderful, heartwarming Christmas storyline, but I could really see Rob going long-term, being Justin's henchman in the village, and he's so good at being evil. He's so good at manipulation that this could really go on for a long time. And I can see it, and I can see that being really irritating and also really fascinating. Honestly, if Rob was gone, the archers would be a little bit paler <laughs> for me. 
Um, he's really adding so much interest that I really do love to hate him. Ah, uh, Michelle Lafette, why is Rob getting everything he wants? This is horrible to say. Not, I want her to have a miscarriage. I don't. She's clearly ambivalent about this baby. Mm. I'm not getting any sense that she is excited, that she's feeling any of the nurturing feelings. I think she's feeling huge unease. And I think that I think that we are heading towards her having some sort of miscarriage. Well, not some sort of miscarriage, a miscarriage. Um, I don't think he is going to have the son. And I think her losing my son will be the thing that causes him to kind of drop the pretense and unveil himself. I think this because um i can't remember if it was on on the twitters or however this missive came from witherspoon but he said a very similar thing that why is it that every he might have said it on the forum i can't remember but he said why is it that this everything goes this man's way yeah and i think that is to show that when he gets his comeuppance that actually all hell will absolutely hit the fan because he's actually got too much to lose yeah. He'll have personally yeah. too much, too much face. Yeah. Um, his his new family, his wife, etc., etc. Um, so it now makes sense that Justin is going to offer him this job, or at least, you know what, Luke, you've absolutely convinced me. You know, I just need to switch myself off to this Rob thing. You're, you you've completely because what did happen to Mike's interview? Yeah. It's like we're all looking the other way. <laughs> you know, it's you're... like somebody lighting a fire in the corner of the room and you're all watching that and then there's all, all things, everything else is going on around you and you're not paying any attention. Mm. No, it's... And, uh... and, and it's kind of become a bit of an excuse for inconsistent continuity on the rest mm. of it. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, as I said, you know, just to go back, the only salient point I've got to make here is the fact that it's all about rising stakes and how much of a yeah. you know a commitment rob has in in various different pies but fundamentally you know with his new family in ambridge so when he gets his comeuppance you know it will be a, the most spectacular of all um denouements breakdowns whatever the hell because he's just got so much riding on it you know mm. Uh, and I think that is the point of the reason why, you know, he scored the winning runs in cricket. He scored, you know, the winning try in rugby, etc. It's just yeah. to show how much, yeah. uh, you know, of how a... far he has to fall. Exactly. Exactly. We can, uh, Jacqueline Berto said much the same. Hi, Dumpty Tom. It's Jacqueline Berto from Sanguen in France here. I've been thinking about Helen this week, mainly because I'm a week behind everybody else. I just haven't managed to catch up at all this week. I heard the bit when the shop opened and she made a speech. Now, speaking in public is not very easy, but she obviously comes across as a strong, independent, confident woman when she speaks in public. So I kept thinking, I keep thinking, why doesn't she fight back? She doesn't appear to be able to fight back. I know that's the style of Rob's persecution of her, but it's a question and it keeps, it keeps making me think there's sort of gaps in, in what we know. Well, I know we don't know every minutiae of their lives, but 
Well, I think Helen should start fighting back. But maybe she has done this week and I just haven't caught up yet. I mean, she said it's it was nice to hear Helen do that speech because at the opening, because it kind of reminded us that Helen used to be, and underneath it still is, a, you know, a extremely competent professional businesswoman. Not necessarily particularly likeable, but but she was very competent and, and very on top of things. And, um, you know, it, it was nice to hear her sounding like herself again. Um, faintly irritating, but, you know, doing her job. So are you typing? Yeah. So, yes, hurrah. It was nice to hear her, Jacqueline. I agree. Um, Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here calling from, well, quite an angry place this week. And I'm sure you can guess why. Charlie, going to Perthshire. I'm gutted. I just thought Charlie was developing into such a nice, rounded-out character. I mean, okay, he started a bit kind of one-dimensional. It was all about the kind of career and the spreadsheets. But over time, I thought he turned into a fascinating character. You know, with the vulnerabilities about the kind of what he gives up for, you know, a career. And he knows that that leaves him kind of a bit lonely and a bit, you know, vulnerable. And I thought he was developing brilliantly. And now just gone or potentially gone obviously we all know that this is kind of rob's doing and script writers if you want to get rid of one character make it rob because i'm now so pissed off with the whole rob situation it's not even good listening anymore it's like he's gone from Initially, we thought a bit of a pantomime villain into something a whole lot more sinister. If we were going to be true to the archers and the original kind of ethos of the archers, I think characters like Charlie are more like it um, than Rob. I know it's an important issue. I know it's good that they've put this issue out there. But I don't know. I just don't... Perhaps I'm just biased, because as you know, I really like Charlie as a character. If all else fails, could you please just start writing a new docudrama called Perthshire, please? Very angry that Charlie is going to Perthshire. He's not going to Perthshire, Yokel Bear. He is going to wreck the wedding, and then he's going to marry Adam. He's going to push Ian into the font on his way up the aisle, and then shout, Me! and sweep Adam into his arms. Um, this is another, is he going to go? Is he not going to go? Is he going to go? Is he not going to go? Bloody nonsense storyline. Um, yes, I agree. I'm liking Matthew, although he does sound like he's five and a half. I liked it when he called Toby Tobes. All right, mm. Tobes. Because even though he barely knows Pip, he still recognises a tosser when he sees one. So therefore, <laughs> he's, you know, good man. There are few enough of us about who can recognise tossers when we see them. Vicky Cole. Hello, Lucy and Royfield and everyone. It's Vicky Cole in Kenya here. I didn't call in last week, so first of all, can I say congratulations to Andrew for a very good show? Um, although very nice to have Royfield back again last week. A um, couple of things, really. Um, I've been looking at some of the Facebook pages for some of the other Archers groups, and a lot of people are saying that they're not listening anymore because of the Rob and Helen storyline. Um, and while I can see that if you'd been in any way involved in a similar situation, it would be very tough to listen. I'm feeling completely the opposite. I think the dialogue between them is so brilliant and the acting is superb by Louisa and Tim. Um, I I just can't not listen to it, although 
often with a great sense of dread, of course. What I am finding irritating is the Grundy storyline, because, again, there's some heartbreaking stuff going on there, and brilliantly acted by Edward Kelsey as Joe. Um, I don't know if he's as old as his character is. I think not quite, but brilliant acting, and he's being so brave about it. But I just feel that it's not realistic. They would have taken legal advice, um, Citizens Advice Bureau. Maybe somebody would have offered to put Joe up. Um, the other thing I was wondering is, isn't there another son? Isn't, doesn't Eddie have a brother called Alf? I don't know where he is, but maybe Joe could have gone to stay with him. I guess they're leading up to a happy ever after story at Christmas or something. But at the moment, it's irritating me because I just feel it's very unrealistic. And finally, I'm loving everything to do with Calendar Girls, and I'm so pleased that they're going to do an actual broadcast of the play like they did with Blythe Spirit. Looking forward to that very much indeed. Yes, the Grundy storyline is heartbreaking. And as I said before... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm not going to go on about it. Uh, completely unrealistic. Also, how can anybody be moving into their house because the two months notice isn't up yet? Someone said the other day, oh, look, so they're moving into the Grundy's old house. The Grundy's could still be living in it, mm. I think. So how can they How can they move new people in? I don't know, Luce. If the notice hasn't been served on the tenants. But, 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 but it doesn't matter because we're all just focused on the Rob and Helen storyline. That's the only thing that matters. Rubbish. Um... Yes, Alan and Alicia have got lots of rooms. Why couldn't they look after Joe? And I think, Vicky, yes, uh, Joe has a brother called Alf who was in prison. He's out of prison now. Uh, mm. And I think, does he live in Great Yarmouth or have I made yes. that up? No, that's Rosie. No, that's, that's Rosie. Clary. That's Clary's, that's Clary's yeah, sister. sister. Yeah, because that's um, where Ed ended up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know where Alf is. Um, but even, yes, even if he's still in prison, Joe would be better off there than he wherever he is at the moment. <laughs> uh, with a spoon. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy 
Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. We've both been practicing the proper British way of pronouncing R-O-B. Rob, Rob, Rob. Oh, I give up. Speaking of he who dare not be named, the Dark Lord has had another good week. As I mentioned on the Twitters, he seems to get all the breaks. After Jennifer spills the beans to him, in a wave of his wand, he appears to place serious doubt in Helen's head about even attending Adam and Ian's wedding. Won't that go down well with them? Then, with another wave of his wand, he who dare not be named has created a Dark Lord Jr. Will it emerge as Alien did? I'm actually still betting on something going awry with the pregnancy. Especially with Rob, oops, I said his name, spending so much time making sure that everything is going perfectly. I was impressed with Emily's analysis last week regarding the possibility of Helen having a recurrence of eating disorder symptoms. I didn't listen to the archers when Helen was struggling with it in the past, so it wasn't in the forefront of my mind. But I would say it's something to consider as her eating does seem to be the only thing that she could control at this time. From the Dark Lord on to the Weasleys, I mean the Grundies. What are Eddie and Clary thinking? As Handsome Husband asked, why would they leave him in that crappy bedsit? Of course sleeping on their sofa, safely surrounded by family, would be a better situation than a 93-year-old man staying in what we would call a single-room occupancy hotel. It makes entirely no sense that Eddie, after seeing the Chateau Fairmont, would consider it even for a millisecond. Scriptwriters, I'm talking to you again. Keeping it brief today, Angus and I are back to our elocution lessons. The rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. Talk to you next week. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. You're still saying Rob, uh, but we love it. Uh, Or you could switch it to Titchy Knob. Um, Yes, it is absolutely ridiculous that Joe can't even find a sofa to sleep on. And also that the Grundys would uncharacteristically not tell anybody. Normally, Eddie broadcasts everything that's happening to them at full blast. Um, You know, I'm surprised, you know, when Clary started the menopause, he didn't take out a small ad. So, you know, the fact that he would (laughs) not mention the fact that his dad desperately needed a bed for the next sort of couple of months or something you know it, it's just nuts 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 um i agree and cosmo Grant, wait a minute lucy what you're going through these at a proper clip this week i am have you got somewhere to go no there's just lots of them oh right i didn't even have a chance to chime in with witherspoon sorry i got nothing to add. I'm just saying I would have liked poten- the potentiality of just nipping in and saying something. Well, you, you usually just interrupt you, me. You don't wait. No, I've got so much better at that in the last nine months that I never do it at all. Right. <laughs> anyway, we'd moved on to Cosmo. We have. I couldn't catch my breath from Witherspoon. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Cosmo here. Being here is a surprise to me, as I should be in Chennai. But it flooded, so my holiday is cancelled. Going to Thailand shortly instead. I am pleased to be remembered, and I had not forgotten Helen's displaced hip. I am, however, fed up with the poor story planning. By now, either route A or C should be being built. What has happened to Alastair losing his marbles? What about Freddy going off the rails? Or the vet practice moving back to the stables? 
environmental checks for the new Ambridge Organics Farm Shop, as it cannot be called the Bridge Farm Shop, as that name was tainted by the E. coli outbreak. Why is Bert not back in the bungalow? Has Amside survived all the money that Matt stole? Fallon's crowdfunding scheme? Mike's job interview at Barrow Farm? And are Roy and Haley divorced or not? The Grundys still have the cider shed, so why have they got nowhere to pluck and draw the turkeys? It is where they've done it previously, and I bet that was never inspected, unlike the barn at Hollow Tree for the Fair Brethren. Why can't Pip share Rickyard with Matthew? It has two bedrooms, and indeed probably only needs one the way they're going. Has Brookfield's kitchen been inspected before it produces food for the new cafe, which is located at Bridge Farm? That tainted name again. I'm surprised Helen didn't bother to point that out to Rob when he suggested it. It goes on and on. The microphones in the village are clearly not working properly, and it disrupts the entire docudrama hinterland. The archivist must have been sacked. Furthermore, I checked Millie's assertion over the extra material in the omnibus, and she is, of course, 100% correct. Well done, Millie. I checked both the original and the omnibus, and the latter made clear that Rob was spending their savings but not touching Peggy's money yet, although he was sure that if they did, Peggy would not mind as it was in a good cause. That's it from me. I'll try to keep the podcast summaries going. Hope somebody's reading them out there. Bye for now. Would you like to say anything about Cosmo? Uh, yes. Cosmo, uh, Cosmo being Cosmo, he was obviously what you'd call a forensic accountant because nothing gets past him. And he rattled and prattled on about, uh, meaningfully though, um, not only about the fact that he's not going on his holidays, poor you, Cosmo, uh, but the, about the fact that there's all these uh, storylines which have been unresolved. And yeah. he said, I reckon it's the continuity person must have left because there was somebody who used to sit at the, at the scriptwriter's table and say, such and such wouldn't say that or such and mm-hmm. such would be milking right now yeah. or yeah. no, this story is in Congress because of X and Y and Z. Camilla Foster was pensioned off on uh, January 1st. So she has actually gone. And she was there forever and a day. And she was uh, the human uh, Wikipedia of all things, kind of mm. kind of Ambridge. And she had this filing system, which was a, a, something of legend, so we believe. Yeah. So It's not necessarily lack of continuity, i.e. people doing things out of character. Hmm. For me, it's just abandoned storylines. Like, as, as Cosmo says, um, what's happened to Alistair and this... Madness. Incipient yeah. madness. Mm. What, what did he say? Horse pictures! Horse paintings! Um, it, you know, Freddie, uh, all the people... Mike and Vicky, that still doesn't make sense. Mm. Who's this new bugger that's running the milk round? You know, it's just nuts it's just things that get mentioned and it's it's almost like someone's got a whacking great list somewhere and they say oh god yeah yeah no we must come back to that just leave that for now leave that for now and we'll come back to it later it's like after this bloody titchy knob story has been resolved one way or another uh it's like we're gonna have six months worth of catching up and now over to here and now here and now here and just to try and that would actually be quite quite nice it would it would be lovely yeah you just get back to yeah normality yeah um, I'm, I am getting seriously annoyed now, actually. Mm. I'm going to stop before I say something. I regret. <sighs> anyway, yes, that's it. All the calls rattled through. Good heavens, Lucy. Hot speed. I feel we need to fill. We don't need to fill. We We've do. been yakking for 40 minutes. Well, here's the thing. Right. And I was trying to try and 
Biscuits and history. Oh, there you go. Right. History biscuits. Bistry. Biscuitry. This has, this does have very many links back to Dumpty Dum. And we all know that Dumpty Dum listeners like a biscuit. Right. Now, Garibaldi biscuits or Garibaldi biscuits. Remember we talked about them some podcasts ago? Yeah. Right. Uh, You didn't remember, did you? No. We talked about fig rolls as well. Uh, Yes, I do remember that. Yes. Right. Great. And the fact that people in the biscuit factory up in Blackpool never eat the fig rolls biscuits yes. coming off the conveyor yes. belt because yes. they've got crushed flies in them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you said, what's in a Gary Baldy? And I said, Italian Patriots. Yes. I was chatting to... A... It's not really Italian Patriots, is it? Well, Giuseppe Garibaldi was born yes. in Nice. Which is somewhat, considering he helped liberate Italy, you think... Well, nice biscuits! There nice you biscuits. go, there you go. Nice, back in the day, was Nicaea and was actually part of Italy. Right? Part of the Biscuit Empire. And then Giuseppe Garibaldi, in what, um, 1859, nips off to Sicily with a thousand red shirts to liberate Sicily and then the Kingdom of the Two Sicilies, which was kind of Naples and Sicily, from... Which royal house? The the Bourbons. You got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, was I was chatting to this, this history teacher. Yeah, absolutely. So please, please, please. And then so this history teacher said, Royfield, this is too much. I need to sh- tell my kids this tomorrow at school, right? And and she says, what about wafers? And I went, what are wafers? And the, the, the pink biscuits. No, this is the only tenuous link that I had to that. So those. Those biscuits are bright pink, aren't they? Wafers. Yeah? Yeah. Now, Palermo is the capital of Sicily. Palermo FC play in salmon pink football shirts. Now, if anybody <laughs> else can salmon come up... Reach. <laughs> if... <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else can come up with a historical biscuit link to link all these together. Well, is... you see, of course, our own royal family, their mm. full name is Elizabeth Sachs Coburg Jammy Dodger. No, Sachs no. Coburg Gotha. Jammy Dodger. No, it's but actually, it isn't that anymore. It's, it's actually Winston. No, it's not. And actually, was it in the 70s? They very Sachs quietly. Bro- Sachs Coburg Hobnob. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lucy, it's not. 1917, the British royal family changed their surname from Saxe-Coburg-Gotha to Windsor and actually very quietly in the 70s uh, double-barrelled it to Windsor-Mountbatten. Yes. Yeah. So, no. Oh, my God. Mountbatten. Battenberg. Battenberg cake. Yeah. No, it is. Mountbatten (laughs) is a direct translation of Battenberg. (laughs) Wow. It's not a biscuit, but it's a cake. (laughs) You could write a book, couldn't you? <laughs> Boyfield Brown's Guide to History Using Baked Goods. Mm, Confectionery Items. But Sweet it's... History by Royfield Brown. But you know what, though? The point of this is that... Mm. If you... Oh, good. There's a point. There is Excellent. a point. If you can teach history... Yes. ...and use props which people remember, then they never forget. The and take home and eat of Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, Battenberg cake, Mount Batten. Good grief, there is a link. 
I found something yesterday mm. that made me think of you, and I thought this Ooh. is this is your theme Go tune. On. I can't find it now. Oops. Hmm. Sorry. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's better be worthwhile. Yeah, there we go. Right, you ready? Right, Dumpty Dum listeners around the world, this is Royfield Brown's theme tune as chosen by me. Can't find it. There we go. Roll about now, since they say I am the sexiest man in Jamaica. There we go. Um, Lucy, yes. how can I be the sexiest man in Jamaica if I live in London? Well, it's not my fault if you're in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, it did make me guffaw somewhat. <laughs> um, why don't we quickly retire? It made me laugh when, I, when, it, when, it, <laughs> when it appeared on my iTunes yesterday. I had a good cackle. <sighs> uh, let's retire uh, for five minutes, let's have some advertisements uh, for podcasts that I produce and for our shop. Come back the other side with a touch of Millie and uh, hashtag the Archers tweets of the last seven days. And um... have a lie down. Mm, that would be super. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my house, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, a thousand and one conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. Hello, just a quickie. Sarah Smith's cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone. A bit sleepy today. It was really hot overnight, unseasonally hot, uh, 27 degrees, which I think is about 84 Fahrenheit. So just bear with me because I don't think I'm thinking straight. Uh, we asked this week on Dumpty Dum if anybody out there has got any solutions for the Grundies because we've had a heartbreaking week with them. Valerie Bayliss suggested number one, the green. Simples. Andrew Horn agreed with her. Number one, the green. Jenny Allen said, definitely going to end up at Grange Farm in some kind of caretaking role as the Sterlings decide to extend their holiday abroad. 
just a matter of how many twists and turns the plot takes to get us there. Well, that's an interesting uh, plot prediction, Jenny. Ruth Simpson said one-way trip to Switzerland. Don't ask me where that one came from. Uh, Chris Bowles also agrees that they could house sit for Caroline and Oliver while they're away. No one would break in again. Leonie Beaver suggested the Dower House will be available when Linda and Robert return home. Maybe Lillian will take pity on the Grundies. I'm not sure how Jenny and Brian feel about her staying there because I think she's drunk all the grog. Calvin Saxton said, couldn't Shula take them in like she did with Darren? Or there is the TARDIS that is Brookfield Farm. Now, now, I think we are mixing up our um, obsessions there. Alison uh, Molyneux uh, agrees and says that um, Ed and Emma move into the Grange Farm. Ed can be the manager. Then the senior grannies can have Will's house on the green. Ta-da! But isn't Lillian's house empty at the moment? So, some really good suggestions from everyone. The other question this week... I, look, I, there was a really comedic episode this week and I said I wondered if this episode had been written by Lucy the whole time it was on I'm thinking Lucy Freeman those double entendres just kept coming the toot sweet line by Joe in particular really tickled me um, the pile isn't big enough to cover Lillian's assets is straight out of one of her monologues uh, Linda it would ruin the frisson of verisimilitude which I can't say was typically erudite and there's no way I'll be flaunting my bits had me nearly needing to rinse out my unmentionables now I have to say I wish the archers would give us a warning in advance because I drive to work and I nearly crashed a car so what, I asked what your favorite um, favorite line has been recently Margaret Worthington said use the tradesman's entrance not funny, but a lot of listeners laughed. Actually, that was funny. <laughs> Telling Rob to use the Christmas instruments. That was funny. Jan A. Mitchell, definitely the pile isn't big enough line, but Harrison's is a close second. Uh, Guy Labrook also liked Harrison's nice buns, Linda. Um, Harrison shouting nice buns, Linda, in that mad accent of his was terribly funny last night, agrees Catherine Kavanagh. Uh, yes, a lot of people liked uh, Toot Sweet, Chortleworthy indeed, says Andrew Horn. Susan, your audience wants to see more of you, says Vicky Carl. Yeah, I agree, that was funny too. But Vicky Berry said she loved the line, don't touch the composition then, don't touch the composition. No, Harrison, it wasn't a prompt. Pure comedy genius, as only the archers can do. What a great week we had on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page. Thank you, everyone, for getting so involved. I haven't had to read out from the other pages because we uh, were reflective of uh, what's being said out there. And to be honest with you, we were really funny. So keep it up, everyone, and I will speak to you next week. Hooroo! Millie, 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 Billy. Uh, you surpassed yourself this week, Millie. Uh, wonderful, wondrous goings-on and the Book of Face uh, from our lovely Millie Bell. But Lucy, mm-hmm. why don't you hit us, give us a give us a double punch, a triple punch with some hashtag the Archer tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Okay, this is an all, we have an all-female list this, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbara Kafka, and it's, this is continuity. And at 7pm tomorrow, we're back in Ambridge for the twinning ceremony with Jeddah, where women are also... <laughs> like that a lot. Goodness, if uh, that's uh, not Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week must be a proper blockbuster. Tweet of the Week is a is a stonker. Okay. Uh, Amanda White, Amanda mm. White Art, said, Ooh, I feel a patriarchal vomit coming on. Um, <laughs> Cornstalk Elnora said, uh, when, uh, when they were at the scan, the scan... Mm. cheer up 
that might have been one of her horns in profile. Hashtag my son. Hashtag bits. Um, Fiona Griffin. It's a boy, yes, but he's gay. Just look at his tiny pink cravat. <laughs> Hashtag slow burn revenge. And this is my favourite. It got a lot of likes. Diane Moynes. Oh, I, I knew it was going to be this one. My husband has broken my dumpty dum mug. I now need a new one. Five foot eleven, no facial hair, solvent, likes kids, no Tories. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. That was most excellent. Yes, good crop of, of, of the Twitters. So chaps, come on. The women have set the bar high. Try and mm. beat it this week. Tell you interesting aside, right? Yes. Um, there is I forget exactly where this quiz was. It could have been the the Guardian. Um, but whatever and basically it's how well do you know your own country and all of the all of your answers have got to be kind of guesstimate so it'd be things like um what is the percentage of people in if you're south if you're south korean be south korea or japan or britain germany whatever the united states are obese you know no one's going to know that figure exactly so you just kind of guess yeah and the interesting thing uh, is to compare the countries as to how well people perceive their country and actually what it actually is. Mm. And so in countries where there is some kind of xenophobia, some level of xenophobia or let's say political debate about immigration, people wildly overestimate the amount of immigrants. Yes. In America, yeah. they said 40% weren't born <laughs> here and it's 15. <laughs> yes. But the one, one, one statistic where every country underestimated it and this is really interesting was the amount of women in parliament now in britain it's 20 it basically 30 percent give or take mm. and every country underestimates that and you know and i must admit i did i went oh it's about 50 i know we we're doing well we're doing well it's 15 of course <laughs> if you're doing well it should be 50 percent right and 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 it was, it, it was just I don't really know what to make of it I don't I can't really remember what the conclusion that they made of this was but every country that does this uh, does this quiz massively underestimates the amount of women in parliament and I don't know whether it's because they're in the legislature but they're not necessarily in government positions they're not necessarily you know the chief executive etc mm. etc but it was just an interesting aside which came mm. to my mind when you said about the fact that we had an all-female lockout on tweets of the week mm. do you think we should set aside a place for a male tweeter for tweet of the week for next week just to be on the safe side no no tokenism no okay we're a meritocracy. Are we really? Yeah. But is there not any subliminal bias, though? No. You see a tweet and it's quite funny by a bloke. No, see. but the interesting thing about mm. Twitter is that sometimes you don't know whether people are men or women. That is very true. And I've kind of, because I've sometimes been talking to somebody on Twitter and suddenly realised I'm flirting with them and thinking, crikey, I don't actually... Or they say something and I think, oh, my God, that was a woman. <laughs> and I've, you know, I don't know. It's quite, it's quite weird. Or you have a Why certain way of... Why can't you flirt with a woman? Well, you can. But it's just, it helps if you know beforehand. Um, there, is a cert... there is a way you talk 
uh you talk to the sexes and it's quite weird when you're in it when you you don't know whether somebody is male or female Mm. and you suddenly and you think that it doesn't matter but then when you find out they're not the gender you thought they were it clearly all of a sudden you realize that it does matter because you would have not said certain things had you known but the same thing is is like i thought you're i thought you were a woman for a year and a half shut up right (laughs) but the same thing works the other way around there doesn't it in terms of somebody can say something to you and it depends on what their gender is as to how you actually take what they've said yeah you know you think oh a bloke has said that so oh it means this or you know etc etc but you know, no, um, it's uh, no, it, it, it's fascinating, but I kind of think that we should wrap this show up now. Okay. Lucy. Shop news. Christmas is coming, so get your stuff. It's uh, it's chock a block full of goodies which can be packaged and sent off to your loved ones, and some of them, some of the people stuff... you dislike. It's up to you. No, but we're going back down last week's kind of train of thought now. Sorry, Lucy. yeah, no, sorry. No, no, Let's send this stuff to your loved ones. And um, there's all manner of goodies. Gym jams, there's mugs, there's T-shirts, there's coasters, there's... Oh, you name it, it's there. Go get it in our shop. com forward slash shop. Buy it now. Whilst you're on dumdydum.com add your own articles and do stuff like Mr. Mike Hatton who every month does their character statistics and he tots up on a monthly basis which characters have actually appeared in the archers and this thing is now becoming a little bit of a phenomenon it's only gone and retweeted Lucy who by? by BBC the archers no BBC the very proper archers yes by the British Broadcasting Corporation's archers Twitter department, don't you know? No less than them, uh, retweeted it. And um, so, uh, Mike Hatton, we salute you, sir, um, for being uh, such a wonderful person and by having friends in high places. There you go. So you can go onto our website and you can like, see which characters just haven't even been on the Archers this year. Or you can argue with All of them, except Rob and Helen. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, Kate Rowland's and Anna Rhodes did kind of slightly take him to task with uh, one of the characters. He said he hadn't been in it last month, but that was all resolved. So well done to you, <laughs> Mr. Mike Hatton. And um, yes, controversy is never too far away from the Dumby Dumb website in whatever <laughs> form. So, mm, right, now, um, you can help keep our little motley podcast show on the road. Uh, and there are a couple of ways for which you can help us, folks. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. Now, next week, I will do a roll call of the Patreons, the patrons on Patreon, um, because you've been, uh, I was going to say manfully, but in this kind of times of egalitarianism, uh, you've been personably um contributing each month and you haven't had a bit of a shout out so i'm going to give you a shout out uh next week uh because you is all awesome now remember you can get in contact with us by going onto our site you can do that by hitting the red tab over on the right which is a voice message via our kind of partner speak pipe or you can call us on 02030313105 now i've been reliably informed as of monday morning that um the telephone number 
works again because Vicky uh, from Cambridge Cambridge she did say that Royfield I tried to call but I couldn't get through because he said it was full it's been unblocked so you can use that number if uh, SpeakPipe doesn't work for you that number again is 0203-031-3105 leave us a message there if you don't like using modern technology like SpeakPipe um, or Another way of contacting us is to go on social media, on the Twitters, no less. We can find us where we are, at dum dum or you can tweet me where I'm at Royfield. Me, at Lucy V. Freeman, or Sarah Smith, at Sarah underscore Smith. Also on the social media, we are on the Book of Face. And you can find us there by going on to the Book of Face and typing in dum dum and uh, you'll be like, find our page and you'll find some 800 and odd other people that like that said same page and you can talk to them you can post to us you can comment you can do whatever the heck you like as long as you do it with a friendly tone no horribleness on our facebook forum yes. thank you very much please we do not do the horribleness however no. we do apparently do half naked pictures yes. which is very nice did you see with a spoon i did see with a spoon with a spoon mm-hmm. did you want to see more I did. Yes. Uh, I zoomed in. I zoomed in, don't you know? Um, also, uh, and Phil- uh, Philippa Davies' husband has been posting pictures of her in the in the nip. Um, I've seen it. The- I haven't seen it. I saw his email saying, ha, 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 this is really funny and she'll kill me or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then I never actually saw the thing, which well, is a bit annoying. So, folks, the- we are going to send uh, all proceeds of our calendar to uh, refuge in honour of the Rob and Helen storyline. So if you want to get on this calendar, you need to take your picture of you in the nip quickly. Now, I suggest you get your loved one or you get a, you know, a trusted other person to take a pic of you somewhere nice. Not just the postman or, you know. No. Well, no. I No. You, if you trust your postman, why yeah, not? Yeah, it depends how well you know him or her, I suppose. Yeah, Post-person. exactly. Yeah. Well, as long as you trust them and make sure that you're all nicely lit, so it's somewhere nice and bright, and that your modesty is covered up with some strategically placed vegetables, fruit, mugs, any implement that you want. And But this is the thing, though. Um, we are recording this on, what, December the 7th? Yep. I reckon... We need to get these submissions in uh, before, let's say, the 15th, 16th. Otherwise, there's going to be little no point doing it because uh, you need to get them in to me, which is uh, it's going to be royfield at gmail.com. Then I need to design the calendar and to get it out. And we said we're going to do this, so let's do it. Now, gentle reminders need to go out to Jacqueline Berto, Vicky from Cambridge, Cambridge, Charlie Cat. Goddess Diva and Auntie Jean, uh, you, uh, good ladies, did say that you would do this. Now, um, it's just a gentle reminder. If you decided to, uh, that, you know, modesty is the best part of valour, you know, I'll completely understand. But let's kind of give this a go. Luce, are you going to do it? Yeah, you are. Smashing. I'm going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> oh, you? You, blimey. You barely have your kiss on. When have you ever seen me in a state of undress? No, you, but you're always lolling around on your bed in your pants. You did, you Skype me one day and you only had pants on. Because you stood up afterwards. We had to do, who were we calling? <laughs> do you remember? And then, and then you told me to stand up and I couldn't because I only had my pants on as oh, well. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're so professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> I've seen you in your pants and you've seen me in my pants. So there we go. It's just, uh, I, you know, it's a very fond memory of mine, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're going to do this calendar, folks, get your submissions in. Um, take a pic with your phone, nice and bright, nice and clear. You, you, you know, modestly there and uh, all proceeds will go to refuge and that'd be smashing and super. And this has been a wondrous dumpty dum, wouldn't you say? Yes, it's been jolly good. I said naff all. It was just you blather, you know, going on at a speed or a rate of knots through all the course. Rattling on, my It love. was. This is Witherspoon. And there is Cosmo. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Tweet of the week is the end. <laughs> but no, well done, Lucy V. Freeman. And everybody, I will see you again in seven days. So special shout goes out to the um Dumdy Dum listeners in Beijing. Because yes. yeah. So there are twelve twelve listeners in Beijing and two in Kazakhstan. That is absolutely amazing. Here's the thing, right? Uh ha- is it Brazil. Bolivia, Sorry. Chile, Argentina. Yeah. Which country has the most dum de dum downloads? Say again, Brazil. Not that it matters, but Bolivia. Yeah. Chile, Argentina. Argentina. You're right. Well done. You're good. Uh, all right. Out of Germany. Yeah. France. Spain. Italy, which has the most dum de dum downloads. France. You'd think so. Spain. Really? Yep. Yep. I would have said France too. <laughs> Let's just wrap this up. All right then, Lucy. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Toodaloo. Bye. Roll about now. Since they say I am the sexiest man in Jamaica and the girls love me and I shall never grow whole. So I say... Rough Rider. Roll about now, since they say I am the sexiest man in Jamaica, and the girls love me, and I shall never grow whole. So I say, Rough Rider. Roll about now, since they say I am the sexiest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Man in Jamaica, roll about now, since they say.